0: Welcome to The Anchor. Please join us for the next 15 minutes as people from our
1: region share their stories of hope and overcoming life's difficulties.
0: If I told you my story, you would hear hope.
1: They wouldn't let go. Hello, welcome to The Anchor. I'm host Deb with my partner Rhonda, and today, we're going to do part two of a talk we started last week with a gentleman named Pat Norton. A husband, a dad, firefighter, engine driver, a leader at the landing, a speaker, a teacher, and much, much more. And he didn't start out, his life did not start out easy. But what his life is now, 48 years later, is because of him becoming into a relationship with Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and, and walking through steps with the Lord, hand in hand. And he's going to continue his talk today. Please listen. Thank you, Pat, for joining us.
0: Thank you, Deb. I think last week I left off at uh, just a point in my life that I had become so very angry because of what my father had done to me. And uh, it was during this time, I would be probably about the age of nine. My mom, um, had met a man. His name was Bill. And, uh, they were, had been dating, of course, that whole summer that I had spent with my father that I talked to you about last week. And, uh, they, he had asked her to marry him. And so they got married. And, uh, my stepfather wasn't a believer at the time that they got married. And, uh, someone had given him a book, and he was actually on National Guard maneuvers, and that was during their downtime. And so there were guys that were bringing women back to the tent and all this kind of stuff that was going on around them, and he was laying in his cot reading this book. And it came to a point in the book where it offered him an opportunity to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so with all of that going on around him, he got out of his cot and got down on his knees and prayed right there to receive Christ as his Savior. And so uh, for the first time in my life, I had a Christian mother and father who were, we we attended church on Sunday, but the fondest memory of my stepfather is him coming home from work after that, getting a shower, And uh, going straight to his roll top desk and opening it up and beginning to read the Word of God, and he would read all the way up until dinner was ready, and then after dinner, he would read for a little while longer. And uh, I just remember sitting over in the corner of the room and and looking at my mom making dinner in the kitchen and looking over at my stepdad reading his Bible, and it was just it was like a dream come true and uh he he was the first real father that i ever had and we would go camping and fishing and shooting bows and arrows and and we'd go to the shooting range and and uh one july 4th weekend we we actually backpacked up into the appalachian mountains and and camped out the entire weekend and so it was it was just bigger than life and so they had been married for about a year, and uh, it was uh, around October. And at that time in my life, I was sick all the time with strep throat. So I would, I would constantly miss school about once every month. I would be homesick with a fever and terrible sore throat. And so this was one of those times. And my sister, uh, they lived in a, a house right next to us. And so my mom was going to nursing school, And uh, my sister was in this, my other sister was in school, and so um, Bill had gone to work that morning, and I remember him checking on me to see how I was feeling. And so my sister came over in the early afternoon, and she was crying, and she said, Pat, Bill's dead. And I said, what? And uh, he was working in the woods. Uh, He had moved us back from Philadelphia because I was fighting all the time, and he moved us back. Up into the Appalachian Mountains, and he had taken a job working in the woods and uh, logging. And there was a malfunction with the bulldozer, and it vibrated out of gear and rolled back on top of him and had crushed him to death. And uh, that for me um, was really where my bitterness took off because I was that's at the point I became angry with God. And uh, so. I would start having these nightmares that very night of his, his death. And they went on for about two weeks. And I never said anything to anybody about them. And uh, so we we buried Bill. And uh, because of the life insurance that he had had, it made it possible for my mom to put us into Christian school. And so we started attending christian school and it helped me a lot in terms of actually getting an education that that taught me about what the bible had to say about things in my life and so we um, we moved from pennsylvania to chattanooga tennessee and my brother was going to college down there and my mom was um wanting to go to college down there. And I ended up going to the high school that was on a college. It was Tennessee Temple University, and I went to the academy. I was in seventh and eighth grade. And I was always the youngest person in my class because my mom, uh, I don't know how she did it, but I don't think she liked being around kids. So we always were the youngest, like almost a year younger than anybody else in our class. And uh, so... um, I went through my time at Tennessee temple and I, I fought a lot there as well. Um, there were many times that people would just push me over the edge and I, and I would just uh, unload on them. And, uh, I don't know how I would, was able to do it in ways that I never got disciplined for it at school, except for one time I, I went to the principal's office and, uh, yeah, that, uh, that scared me a little bit. So we moved back to Pennsylvania for my freshman and sophomore year, and then we moved back to uh, Chattanooga again for my junior and senior year. Uh, By the time I was age 17, we had moved 21 times. And so I went back to Chattanooga. um, My junior year, uh, I had been dating this girl and we went through a bad breakup and this nightmare had started coming back again. And uh, so it's just me and my mother now, My the other kids, my other siblings had, had left home, grown and left home. And, and so we're eating dinner and I asked her about this dream. And uh, so the dream was um, me as a toddler and my sister and I went to this candy store and the candy store owner, Uh, asked me to come behind the counter and pick out some candy. And uh, so I walk behind the counter, I get slammed against the wall. I can, in the dream, I can feel the pain in the back of my head. And then I'm struggling to breathe and struggling to breathe, and it's just, I feel like I'm gonna die because I can't breathe and I wake up. And so I shared this with my mother and she looked at me, and my mother was kind of a harsh woman. And this will be one of the unanswered questions of universe for me, why she didn't just say, wow, that's weird, Pat. I don't know what that is. But instead, she dropped her spoon on the table and said, oh, my gosh, that's not a dream. That actually happened. And she shared with me every gory detail of the, the molestation that took place by this candy store owner on me in St. Charles, Missouri, after my father had left us. And so I remember getting up and leaving the table and being so angry uh, again at my father because I felt like this had happened because he left us. Uh, and then I was thinking, well, you did the same thing to me. And and I went to school the next day, and I picked a fight with a guy named Larry Joyner. And this was in the college faculty administration lounge of Tennessee Temple University. <laughs> and... uh I beat this guy completely unconscious. I left him on the floor face down and walked away from him. And And I'd like to say that I got a hold of this young man just a few years ago and was able to ask his forgiveness for picking that fight with him and doing what I did. And, and you know, he gave that forgiveness. And uh, so that was an opportunity for me to make amends. and And I was so glad that God gave me that opportunity. So um, nothing real had changed except for the fact that I had a relationship with God and constantly he was reminding me of my bitterness. I, I couldn't read his word without um, being reminded that there was a hindrance to my relationship with him and it was my bitterness towards my father. So I graduated from high school, joined the Army, um, I had met my wife in high school. She, her sister was married to my older brother and they introduced us. And so we, through high school, we we had a, a close friendship. And then when I graduated from high school, um, she was actually possibly engaged to be married to somebody else. And I thought, uh, this can't happen. Um, I'm supposed to marry her, and so anyways, I was in basic training in the Army, and I got a letter from her, and she had told me that her and this guy had broken up, and and uh, I remember running through the barracks, hooping and hollering, but, but we got married, and, and uh, I was in the Army at Schofield Barracks, Hawaii, and we, uh, she got pregnant for our first child there. Um, we moved back to Indiana, and um, I uh, immediately got on with a gas company uh, here in Indiana, and I worked for them for 11 years. But it was probably about three or four years into that, um, we got word that my father had become ill. And my mom uh, was called by him, and he said, I need a good nurse. And now they hadn't seen each other or spoken to each other for years and years and years. And my mom packed up and and headed out there to Missouri where he was at. And she called me and asked if she could stay at my house on the way out there. And I was like, sure, but why are you even going? So I was still dealing with this bitterness. I didn't care for him. And every once in a while it would rear its ugly head in my life. Uh, And... Uh, I'm fortunate that it never came out, so to speak, on my family or my kids or anything like that. I I wanted to avoid that to the point that I would never wanted to be like my dad, in in in, in even really the harshness of my mother towards my children. So I would fight that constantly, but. So my mom, she continued on out there, and she called a few days after she was out there in Missouri, and she said, if you want to see your father alive, you better get out here. And he was dying of cancer. He had cancer that had metastasized throughout his body. It was in his brain. It was in his uh, chest cavity. One of the ribs was actually just floating around inside of his uh, his abdominal uh, cavity because of the cancer had eaten through it but the the greatest thing was is that he had all of his mental faculties um but when she she called me my first response was as well I'm not going uh, you know there's 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 nothing out there for me I don't need to go see him and so I started seeking advice um One of the neat scriptures that I had learned when I was a young man was that in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. And uh, it meant a lot to me, and so I would always seek counsel to make decisions. And it seemed like every person I asked on whether I should go out there said the same exact thing. And they would say, two wrongs don't make a right. And they had no idea of the experiences that I'd had with my father. But it was this, it was if every time they would say that, it was if God Himself was speaking to me. And so I remember getting in my car and driving home from work and pounding my fist on the dashboard of my car as hard as I could and screaming out to God that I had a right to feel this way. And God just gently whispered back, So did I, Pat. So did I.
1: We're not going to be done with the second one. You're going to have to come in again next week and finish with us Pat's story. Um, But I know Pat's story is hitting home with a lot of people that are listening today. A lot of people. And forgiveness. Forgiveness. Even if you're not ready to forgive. You know, Jesus was willing to forgive so we could be forgiven. He was willing to take our sins upon himself so that we might be able to find forgiveness. And that's where Pat is right now in his story. He is about to find forgiveness that would help bring healing to his life. So we're stopping again. You'll have to come back next week to The Anchor here on 94.3. We thank you for listening today. God bless.
0: If you would like to know more about resources mentioned in this, this center, soul, possible ministry opportunities, or to tell your own story on the Anchor, email us at anchoredintherock@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Day. Thanks for listening.